Brock's Gumdinger Adventures, Gumby and Pokey in Gumdingerland. Last time, Gumby and Pokey's hot air balloon crashed atop a giant Gumdinger pop. Gumby blows a Gumdinger bubble in hopes of floating up to the balloon. I always said you were full of hot air. Whoa! Hang on, Pokey! With a lot more gum than most other gum, Pops, you sure blew a big bubble! Don't forget to grab the gum to your pops! Oh no! We're going too high! Hey! I'm getting the hang of this! Pop the bubble before it's too late! I think we bit off more than we could chew this time! Yee! We're falling! Wow! What a great landing! And we found what we came for! Delicious gumdinger pops! Cherry, grape, watermelon, apple, orange, strawberry, ice cream, and vanilla ice cream! Stay tuned for more Gumdinger Adventures! Rocks! Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rourke present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. Random? I'm telling you, if you don't ask Banner to that dance, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I'm going to regret it for the rest of mine. Time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. I needed to go ahead and move on to 88 miles per hour to get to the end of you doing the because <laughs> it was like taking forever. <laughs> uh, seems like you might know why I uh, what I picked for the uh, random banter going bit. Back in time. Well, actually, oh, we're going back oh. to the future because this is in yes. the future. For mm-hmm. guess what? We made it to the end of the real power pack. So now we're going to go start doing some other stuff before we do some more power pack. And so we have chosen a couple of things that are set in the future. So we're going to be talking about some alternate futures of Power Pack, and that's what Jeff just did with an alternate future like with Back to the Future and Marty McFly and blah, 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 blah. All the things. Yep, it's it's because of the future. It's because these are both a future cast episodes. Ooh. Ooh. That means that they're meaningless in the grand continuity of no, things. No, 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 no. This is Marvel Comics. Everything has meaning and it comes back around. Jonathan Hickman just needs to get his hands on either of these little stories and Bam! It's at the. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's going to show up on the Krakoa Islands, and you know that's that's just going to be a thing. Like everything else has. Everything else. Yeah, just a giant amorphous. Just stuff it in there. Stuff it in. You know, this is the point in time where we talk about you know random things, and I can talk about anything I want. I mean, I just went to Vegas last weekend. Uh, we just got done doing this like insane hot heat wave kind of thing that was burning Portland to the ground. It was horrible the last three days. I could talk about the fact that I just got. The Power Pack Omnibus number two, which I probably will mention again at the end because everybody should go out and buy this because this has got our favorite story of all time. It's got the Revenge of the Boogeyman story and it's got a bunch of other John Bogdanoff stuff. Of course, it's got the ending of Power Pack, which isn't that good, but it does have a holiday special and a few other things. It's actually got things in here that we have not covered yet that we will cover. I could talk about that. I'm not going to, though. I could talk about so many things. 
but I'm going to talk about American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> I'm curious about why. I saw you post something recently and I said, huh, I should investigate further, but I'm very tired and I'm not going to. Last Monday was June the 28th. And on that night, the American Ninja Warriors had their fourth episode of the season with the quarterfinals that were filmed up in Tacoma, Washington. And one of my friends from high school, his son... 15 years old, is a ninja warrior. And he has done a lot of the junior stuff, the kid stuff. And this was the first time that as a teenager, he could compete. They had teens and adults all competing together. And he competed on the course and made it to the buzzer. It was awesome. So he's <laughs> actually cool. in the, he's actually made it to the quarterfinals. So, so bravo, I, or the finals, I'm not sure which one, but he's made it to the next round. That was Caden. He's known as the Troutdale Ninja, and it is pretty <laughs> awesome. And not to mention that, but he, there was a very, very touching story because when he was five, my friend Matt and his wife, they got divorced and it really strained the relationship with him. And they did a really nice story about how they had a very strained relationship Matt saw he was kind of interested in this, built him a course in the backyard, and they have become closer friends while his son has been going through this American Ninja Warrior and training and just becoming an amazing athlete, an amazing student, an amazing son. And it saved their relationship, and it's a very touching story. Matt was there watching it. And yeah, he just... He's a good guy, known Matt for many, 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 many years, and it was just very, very touching watching this. So go out and check it out. It was on June 28th, and you can find him. His name is Caden, known as Troutdale Ninja. <laughs> and in Troutdale, Oregon, <laughs> they actually have a day. They made a day for him because they seriously <laughs> did. You can look it up, Troutdale Ninja, but it's, it's kind of cool. They have parades, except it's a ninja parade, much, so yeah. you can't see anybody. Yeah. No, he, it's, uh, it's very cool. He, he's It's a really no, cool story. Awesome. and So that's what I decided to talk about. Just very, very random, but very, very cool and very, very touching. So that's what I got. What is new and interesting for you, sir? Oh, there, I could talk about the 115 degree weather and all sorts of different <laughs> things and Father's Day and stuff. But instead, let's just play uh, a double-headed round of How Did Jeff Hurt Himself Bingo. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Jeff has hurt himself again, and we're here to find <laughs> out how. Uh, from tips to tails this time, uh, I was working in the yard and I was throwing, you know, doing yard debris and I had kind of a bigger rotten kind of log thing that, you know, talk, chuck in there and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. However, I can use a shovel as like a, uh, a post hole digger axe and I'll just chop this up. Yeah, that's working really well. Huh, something seemed to slip and I seemed to have hit myself in the head as hard as humanly possible with a shovel handle. Wow, uh, <laughs> kind of reeling, kind of... <laughs> I don't know if this is a concussion, but man, I'm not going to go find out, but I'm not going to lay down and go take a nap. Yeah, let's just finish up this yard work. And I think I'm done for the day now. So that was a, a fun little one where I'm like, <laughs> it's always great doing that kind of thing in front of your kid too, where you know, their concern is that, daddy, why did you, why did you cry like that? I'm like, cause I hit myself in the head really hard. And they're like, I don't like you doing that. I'm like, yeah, neither do I. D did you break the shovel? Cause mommy won't like that. <laughs> yeah. It was right. <laughs> Aurora spun that way because it's just like, I can get grievously hurt and then she'll get very upset because I'm like doing the, I'm really hurt sounds. And then I have to be in massive pain and comfort her at the same time. <laughs> be like, Oh baby, it's okay. I think I'm bleeding really hard. <laughs> My brain's concussed. But so that was the top of the uh, thing. So, 
that was the tips. Now let's go to the tails. And that was me and Hillary still in the middle of our never ending remodel stuff. We talked about it years ago and, you know, pandemic didn't help. We're getting back into it. And so we were at a uh, door and window showroom. They got windows in like frameworks on the floor. And uh, Hillary happened to nudge one just the right way to make it come uh, flunk right down on my toe. So... <laughs> It's just like, I'm, I'm there staring at it. And some of the, the people that work at this uh, window place are staring at me. You know, and it's like, everybody's kind of got that. I wonder if he's going to start screaming. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it's starting to hurt. There's a lot of pressure. Hmm. I don't think it's broken, but this is going to be a pain that will linger for a while. <laughs> so... So I've hit myself in the head with a shovel and I've had a window dropped on my toes. Da, 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 da. This has been another episode of Jeff Has Hurt Himself. <laughs> so that's what's been going on with me. There's other Brought stuff that's going Brock's on. Brought to you by Brock's Candy. Yeah. <laughs> Brock's. It's a gum dinger of an adventure. Drop a window on your foot. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. So let's quit talking about windows. Let's quit talking about hurting ourselves. But let's go ahead and get some ninjas. Actually, there are no there are no more ninjas in here. There's a lot of fighting. No ninjas. A lot of fighting, no. but no ninjas. Jeff, before we go on, can you give us the two cents replay of what happened last episode? What's the world to do when the Snarfs announce that they are going to be invading the Earth on the hard-hitting, yet sensitive, Phil Donahue show, while at the same time there is a mysterious disappearance of all the chocolate chip cookies everywhere? Well, the inhabitants of the world can share a collective sigh of relief because the Bauer kids, Sammy, Tammy, Hammy, and little Katrina, get superpowers from a smelly and smarty pants ship, become the superhero team known as Bauer Brats, team up with Clunk and Dag Nabbit, whose powers make chocolate chips and cookie dough, to discover that the cookie napper is Galactopus and is Harold Harold, before saving the Earth from the Snarf invasion. Now that the... They stop the Snarf invasion and stop the thefts of all the cookies by convincing Galactopus that deep-fried Snarf legs are super nummy. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? We have gone off a cliff of what are we doing, and we don't know, and it's only going to get worse, folks. But but the only way we're going to get through it is with beer. So, I've got a... This is, this is kind of... This is a, <laughs> yeah, this is an oil can. Oil can here. Yeah, this is kind of thick. It's, it's really big and round. So you ready to see what girthy. it is? Girthy. Girthy would be what some people would call it. So you ready to see what it is? Let's see. I, I can tell that it's got a golden top on it, and that looks kind of cool. And now we reach into the bag and... Ooh. 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 <laughs> ooh. It's naturally gluten-free beer. Uh-huh. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's always a concern of mine. Past that, I don't care. No, that's not true. I like what it says. It says Vanilla Stout, Mutants Brewery and Bottle Shop. Oh, and that's a white label with pink going into darker pinks and browns. And it's a five-sided little pentagon kind of thing. And oh, I'm looking at Vanilla Stout. That all makes me super happy. This is a hefty can, though. This is uh, 25.4 ounces. Yeah. 5.7 ABV, 20 IBUs. The sweet stout features dark coral millet, malt, and roasted buckwheat to give it a deep color and smooth chocolate mocha flavor without any harsh burnt notes. Vanilla beans in the fermenter enhance the silky mouthfeel and sweet finish. And the homebrew recipe is available on their website, so you can brew your own at Mutantis beer that is super cool that they did that i wish other beer companies would do that and i honestly have been really wanting to get back into doing my home brewing 
I've got uh, setup is in storage, and man, I need to get back into that because I like beer. So why would I get something called <laughs> Mutantis for our is it even- <laughs> for our show? <laughs> <Is> it- <laughs> <laughs> uh boy, uh it's hard to tell. Mutantis. Mm, they don't go to Namor's land of Mutantis <laughs> under the sea. Mm, boy, is it uh Oh, that's a weird opener on that too. That's really cool. Oh, it's because of the mutants is mutants is in the future in in the comics we are gonna be covering. We are talking about new mutants. We are talking about OG New Mutants and uh New Mutants Volume 2, also known as X-Force. Because it's more extreme. And those are the two comics that we're going to be covering that feature some future versions of Power Pack. I guess you could say. (laughs) We'll get into that. We'll figure it out. We'll see as we go along. So for this thing, it is a vanilla stout. You got the vanilla. You get that dark kind of chocolatey smell to it. Little malty smell. Uh, It is dark, dark, dark. Cannot see Jeff. We always like that. Yeah, Rick is always happy when he can't see me. Mm-hmm. Getting stout. Getting stout. It's a, it's almost it's it's flat. Yeah, it's a very flat beer. It is very flat, but it is it's not bad. It's got the sweetness of the vanilla. Definitely getting the sweet vanilla taste in there. A little bit on the front of the tongue, especially in the aftertaste. It's very smooth. Mm-hmm. That's not bad at all. There is a little weird taste that's in there. Yeah, something artificial. It's good. It's just that there is a weird. Little taste that's in there. Yeah, it's kind of a, a little, not tart, not, it's kind of, it, musty's not right it, either. It just really, it tastes a little bit like an artificial sweetener of some kind. Yeah, I kind of got that going on. I wonder if it says anything about that on the can. I highly doubt it. It's probably a vanilla bean thing because they do the vanilla beans and the fermenter enhance its silky mouthfeel mm-hmm. and sweet finish. That'd be, yeah. that's my guess. I don't know. It's not bad, though. It's not bad. It's pretty straightforward. Vanilla stouts are always tricky for me because I think for me to really get a feeling of the vanilla, it has to be so heavy that Mm -hmm. it's just cloying. And so vanilla stouts for me are always like, oh, I love those words. Where's where's that vanilla? (laughs) Yeah, the vanilla. And it's always just so subtle. But it's like I can tell it's there, but it's always so subtle for me. So it's a good beer vanilla type of of balance that's going on there. It's just, there is that one, it's that one little taste that just is a little off-putting, Yeah, but it doesn't stay around. It's just right in the middle of the drink. Yeah, Yeah, it's not bad. It is, it is noticeable is what it really boils down to. But hey, you know what? Yep. Otherwise, yeah, not bad. bad. This is, hey, it's a stout. Uh, It has words (laughs) in it that I like. It's a stout and it is a huge can. Yeah, I know. I filled up my glass and, uh, and the can still is hefty, so I'm quite happy about that. Mm-hmm. So, hey, double issues, double stout. <laughs> so, there we go. This is a change to our normal format, and we are going to be having a change going forward for a little while. We are going to be doing something as we move forward with a few other things we want to cover. We aren't going to do the normal format that we usually do. We're going to try to go for a little bit higher level summaries of some of the issues. This time it's just going to be two stories instead of our normal walkthrough through one issue. But it's going to be a very higher level summary. This is going to, we're going to be even doing a higher level summary when we get to New Warriors because we're not going to cover every single issue of New Warriors. I don't want to, but we're going to get yeah. some people on to do it. <laughs> well, it's because we're, it's because we're in that phase where it kind of also ends. You know, it's not, oh, it's power pack focused. It, oh, there is 
somebody that's there and they say a couple of words and it's, well, out of like whatever, 24 pages, 55 pages in some cases, it's like, oh, they've gotten about uh, three panels worth of uh, about yeah, yeah. So yeah. so we're going to change the format a little bit. Bear with us when we get back to pure power pack stories. We will do more of our regular format. But for now, let's talk about these two issues. And since it's only two issues, we'll go through the opening credits of each of these books, starting with the New Mutants one. Jeff, if you please. New Mutants issue number forty nine, March nineteen eighty seven. Ashes of the Soul. Credits. Writer, Chris Claremont. Penciler, Brett Blevins. Guest inker, Val Mayerick. Letterer, Tom Orschowski. Colorist, Glennis Oliver. Editor, Ann Nocenti. Editor-in-chief, Jim Shooter. Creators, Chris Claremont and Bob McLeod. Featuring the new mutants, Cypher, Warlock, Mirage, and Cannonball, and guest starring Katie Power. Previously on The New Mutants. During the Mutant Massacre crossover, the New Mutants decided to disobey their school headmaster Magneto's strict orders to stay at home, do their homework, and try to get to bed at a decent hour. So, basically they're just being kids. Yeah, pretty much. They went ahead and entered the Morlock Tunnels, and are faced with all of the carnage and destruction that has occurred during the Mutant Massacre. And at the same time, they get attacked by Magus, which is Warlock's dad. Warlock is that alien sentient being made up of yellow and black wires and circuits and can make himself into different shapes. And I guess his dad is a lot like him. Yeah, only bigger, meaner, angrier, and not fun at all. Their kind has a tradition where the father and son must fight and try to kill each other. Warlock does not want to play, so magic takes them all off to limbo. The demon realm she controls. Unfortunately, Magus follows them, and he starts infecting the world with the techno-organic virus. That's bad. This turns demons and the realm itself into a mechanical, magical nightmare. Magic tries to teleport the Numeans out of there, and things go like a Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church movie. So, sideways? Yeah, sideways. First, they all appear in ancient England with Robert the Bruce. Huh, random, but... Fun. Then, after finding that Limbo is completely overrun, the next teleport out causes the New Mutant team to be split up. Ilyana, Sunspot, Magma, Karma, and Wolfsbane find themselves in a future ruled by Sentinels. But this comic that we are covering is not that story. Then why are you telling me and all of our listeners about this? It is a setup for the story we are about to talk about. Well, I, for one, am glad that we are not talking about a horrible future where giant robots are telling us what to do. Thanks, speak for yourself, Jeffrey. Herbie? Is that you, Herbie? No, it's just me, Rick. But that brings us to New Mutants 49, in the future where mutants are controlling the world and subjugating humans, telling them what to do. Well, that is dark and not at all dissimilar. Sam, Doug, Danny, and Warlock have been there for a while and have discovered that humans are treated like second-class citizens by their mutant overlords. Instead of just keeping their heads down and trying to find their way back to their own time, the kids are pushing back against the established authority of this timeline that they do not fully understand. Part of this mutant authority is taking mutant children forcibly from their human parents. And it is during one of these moments when a rightfully upset parent gets pushed out of a flying car that we see a familiar rainbow trail. After the action dies down, an elderly Katie Power, still wearing her yellow Energizer costume with the addition of a cute little white cape, explains what has been happening. Mutants rule the world and are recognized as real people, while humans are treated as less than animals, allowed to starve to death in the streets and blamed for their own suffering. Katie has recruited sympathetic mutants to aid her in bringing food, 
dignity, and education to the Forgotten while trying to reinstall Xavier's dream. So, in the future, Katie is amazingly awesome. She also seems to be the last member of Power Pack and has all of their powers. But who is behind all of this torture and terror? Why, none other than Roberto da Costa, aka Sunspot, and his assistant Amara Aquila, aka Magma. And after a successful attack by them and their forces, they captured the time-displaced New Mutants and monologue at them about how Magneto taught them how to fight and win, and when they won, they kept fighting. Because that is what winners do. Get on the win train, you losers, or get left at Loser's Junction. Warlock then helps to free everyone for the shortest escape of all time. At least this ungrade escape was long enough for Katie to escape properly. The rest of the New Mutants are recaught and threatened with having their brains modified to make them more productive in the new society of mutant supremacy. Nice cliffhanger. Yeah, I thought so. That's the book. That's it. And as far as, uh, you know, Katie and everything, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But for now, I, I think we should move on, don't you? I agree. So, Rick, let's talk about the second book. Okay. This is X-Force Annual 1, 1992, The Mirror Liars. Credits, writer, Fabian Nicesia. Penciler, Greg Capullo. Inker, Harry Candelario. Letterer, Chris Eliopoulos. Colorist, Mike Thomas. Managing Editor, Susan Gaffney. Editor, Bob Harris. Chief, Tom DeFalco. Featuring X-Force, Cyberlock, Shatterstar, Ileana, Sunspot, Power Packs, Cannonball, Longshot, Siren. Okay, so this is kind of the part of a multi-annual event back in 1992. So there was X-Men Annual number one, Uncanny X-Men Annual number 16, X-Factor Annual number seven, and finally X-Force Annual one. So we should start off by asking, um, hey, Jeff, what do you know about Shattershot? Oh, uh, lots, lots and lots and lots. Uh, for example, he has swords. There's a very important thing. Um, another, long hair. Hmm, huh, huh. Nailing it. And uh, I, I also know that he has something to do with Longshot and Mojo. Yeah, so. that's, yeah, you're right. That is Shatterstar. I was asking about Shattershot, but that's good enough. This summer crossover annual event is all about a revolution in the Mojoverse, a plot that takes people across time and a whole mess of attempts to answer questions, close loopholes, and organize continuity. Awesome. Does it uh, actually do any of that? Not really. Fan-foring-tastic. And now, for a really high-level overlook of the backstory, uh, and this is from UncannyXMen.net. Ares, the creator of Mojo World's biped race and the inadvertent cause of its violent rebellion, vows to correct the wrongs he has committed with several agents of the Wildways hot on his trail. He travels to Earth in search of answers and possibly help from the X-Men. Will he find a way to restore an inkling of sanity to his homeworld before the ratings-hungry agents of the Mojoverse apprehend him? And what exactly does any of this have to do with Shatterstar? Okay, so this guy... Ariz, shows up on Earth with amnesia and gets involved with the X-Men. They try to help him recover, but there are a mess of hunters from the Mojoverse hunting him down. Eventually, the hunters from the Mojoverse are able to capture Ariz and restore his memories. But as they are trying to take him back, he is saved by the X-Men and he decides to walk the Earth. So now this is Kung Fu. I cannot argue that assessment. So, I guess so. That was bad. During his travels, a lot of stuff happens. But the upshot is that there is a prophecy that Shatterstar will be the one to lead Mojoverse out of its state of oppression and slavery. In my experience, 
these things never work out very well. And you are right this time as well. X-Force travels 100 years to the future and installs Shatterstar on the throne. Now we come to this issue, which takes place 10 years in the future. Ariz is back to tell them that Shatterstar is as bad as Mojo was. And hey, can you guys help fix this mess again? Okay, but why are we talking about all of this? Well, Jeff, I am glad you asked. When Ariz shows up with a couple of Mojo-looking dudes called Milton and Shecky, they are attacked by the 10 years in the future new X-Force. On this team is a girl whose name is Frankie, who is wearing a leather jacket with the power pack symbols on it. Neat. She also seems to have all of Power's powers, which allows her to do her own fastball special by flying at something, dropping her mask down and becoming dense. Ariz manages to convince the team to go back to the future to take down the tyrant slash friend that they put in charge to fix this mess in the first place. We get some more characterization on Frankie and the other new X-Force members. Frankie is the kid who is always making snide remarks, prompting gentle chidings from the team leader, Sam. Frankie also finds Shatterstar to be, what was the word she said? A total hunk factory. Well, I mean, who doesn't? X-Force raids Shatterstar's ruling box and pins his troops down. With the master programmer's attention wrapped, Ariz implores him to renounce the oppression of the Mojoverse and actually try to change things. You know, change them for the better. And, kind of not too surprisingly, Shatterstar agrees. He is fed up with the horrors of the Mojoverse and doesn't want to perpetuate the cycles of hate and enslavement and hate and enslavement anymore. Ariz... X-Force and Shatterstar join forces and swiftly defeat those who oppose the new world order of equity and justice. In an unprecedented move for the Mojoverse, however, Lord Shatterstar actually shows mercy to his enemies. The rebellion successfully ushers in a new era of peace, unity, and collaboration between all the people of the Mojoverse. Unbeknownst to them, Longshot, now much, much older, watches this prophesized event from the shadows and smiles. Okay, that's the two books that we wanted to talk about. And uh, they have nothing in common except that there is future versions of Power Pack. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> One is a uh, very elderly, grandmotherly, heavy Katie. And the other one is a young redheaded girl named Frankie Power, who has Power Pack stuff. Who's got all the Power Pack powers. Like Katie, has all the Power Pack powers. Uh-huh. Yep. So let's talk about these covers. We've got the Numians cover, Numians 49, which I believe is done by Brett Blevins here. And it's got a shadowy Roberto DaCosta in the background with kind of purple back there. And he's got these uh, Judge Dredd looking guys on there. And in front, they've got, oh, they got Cannonball, Katie Power, Warlock, Cypher, Mirage. And they're all getting hit by this weird beam. And they're all like, ah! But, I mean, this is a very nice cover. Uh, Brett Blevins' art is, I like it. It's kind of a callback a little bit to Bill Sienkiewicz, just a bit. It's kind of got that kind of shakier style that we like from Bill Sienkiewicz. It's a, it's an okay cover. I mean, it's kind of cool seeing the elderly grandma Katie Power on it. That's kind of cool. It's yeah, kind of a hint of what's going on. She's very short. She, she's uh, very short, yes. She never hit a growth spurt is what it seems like. She is very, well, very weak. Yeah, it's part of the, 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 it's part of what happens when she got the powers. She kind of got stuck at that, yeah. Yeah, kind of got stuck at that five-year-old site. So, <laughs> I guess okay. So. She just, I, it, choices were made. Okay, she, she's, she's small. She's on the smaller side. <laughs> Do you like the cover? It's fine. It uh, shows that there's a uh, some shadowy, you know, force in the background controlling a bunch of uh, armored, obviously despotic nightmare forces. Mm-hmm. 
which happen to be wearing the exact same costumes as the New Mutants. And what's funny is at one point, Doug Ramsey is like, oh, wow, look at their uniforms. They're, they look like ours, but much cooler. We should steal their designs. And I'm like, except for a helmet, these things look identical. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah, it's a fine cover. Now, that's one thing I didn't like in this is that the I got lost a lot of times because everybody was wearing the same costume. Everybody looks the same, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You got the New Mutants there. You've got the guards or the the police force that's wearing the same New Mutants uniform. And then later on, you've got the resistance force that Katie's running, and they're wearing the same uniform. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of yellow and black here, and (laughs) I don't know who is who anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the police force people are called uh, Arbiters. But what do you think about the story? I kind of like... The fact that this is, I mean, yeah, we had to do a little bit of background to figure out how do we get here. But the story itself, I kind of liked it. It's a nice one-off. It's, okay, they're in a future. Mm -hmm. Bad things are happening here. I think it describes it fairly well and how they kind of got to this this point. Mm -hmm. There's also a nice little bit in the middle that we didn't really talk about too much in our recap where Magneto is, he's walking around the empty mansion and he's getting angry and he's thinking about his own past and yeah he basically he basically yeah he had a nightmare of his awakening of powers when he was a kid and him and his parents were being killed and buried dead or alive by nazis so (laughs) there was a really neat bit in the art with uh, magneto though too where he gets up and yeah he's thinking to himself and he's also poured himself a drink and then he's basically should i do this which will be end in bad things or this which will end in bad things. And he throws his drink mm-hmm. against a mirror and it cracks. Does that kind of cool, like, oh, it's the crack and it's straight down, you know, kind mm-hmm. of down the middle. It's bi- bifurcating his face. And on one side, it's like light and the other side's dark. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you can't make a good decision, but you're also dealing with the internal, the the various forces within yourself, the dichotomy that yeah. is uh, Magneto, who is uh, a terrible villain and also a kind of a terrible hero. So, <laughs> Which, And it's funny, too, because he's looking at the two different sides of, of, you know, what kind of future he can have. And like we said, this is one version of the future where mutants are, are in Ascendant. charge. Yeah. And, and then, then there's the other future where the rest of the new mutants are, where they are being hunted. Yeah. So it's, it's part of that that duality that they've got there. Like I said, I like this story. I like the story that it's parts of as well. I think it's it's a good transition, especially coming out of the Mutant Massacre and the Morlock Tunnels. Mm-hmm. I, I think that back then it really kept the gas going on on how bad everything is and, yeah. and, and what these kids are going through. That was an era of things are bad. Yeah. Very much so. It is kind of neat as well where it's, oh, it doesn't matter who's ascendant. It just kind of sucks for most people. Yeah. It's what it really boils down to. Whoever the minority is, whether it's mutants or humans or whatever, it, whoever's in charge isn't doing the best. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that deals with the uh, X-Force annual yeah. as well. It's very much just like, oh, you know, the, we've instigated you know a rule of it's Shatterstar and now the the spined ones are in charge of the spineless oh nope it's still terrible yep still terrible it's that <laughs> hate and oppression just constantly cycling through ah in whether it's robots or mutants or spined or unspined people it just, whoever's in charge is just uh, just the worst so <laughs> but at least in this new mutants future they've got Katie power there true she is presented as kind of the kind old grandma who is showing the young whippersnappers the right way to be a hero, which I kind of like that. I like how she is presented in here. We don't get too much about her. I would have liked to have had more time with this character to see what they would have been like. She seems very like, like she's been through a lot. She still has got a wry smile on her face. Yeah. But you, you can see that she's been through a lot. Yeah. And since she has all the power pack powers it's i think she said she's the only one left like her siblings have passed so she has inherited all the powers and she's still she's 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 
helpful. She's good. She's got a little, you know, happy personality on her. They, uh, she is grossly underrepresented. She, but she is there. Mm. She's the resistance leader. But you know, it's funny is the resistance is very much along the lines. It's not we're going to rise up and tear, you know, tear the power down. It's very much of the uh, let's get you some education and food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of resistance, so. which which is still good. It's they they still are helping out. They're not they're making a difference in their own small way. The the one difference that we've got here is with the costumes that they're wearing it's a nice callback to a power pack costume her renegades that she's got working for her they've got little symbols on their front of their uniforms which i think is kind of cool yeah i do see that yeah it yeah very reminiscent of the new mutants costumes and a power pack costume yeah kind of like killing well i guess everywhere is new mutants costumes so you can pick them up a dime a dozen since they're just everywhere but you know slap a triangle on there or something so you can kind of tell their power set (laughs) so (laughs) I think I had noticed that, and then I forgot to notice that. And then you reminded me, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, I already knew that. I like them using Roberto and Magma as the villains of the story. Mm-hmm. The dark side of them. I, I've never been a big fan of Magma myself, but I like Roberto Tacosta, and I like seeing this as the choice that he could have had of a path not taken. I've always been fine with uh, Magma, and Sunspot has always been just a uh, a stick in my craw. <laughs> I know he's your favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he looks neat and he's got an interesting power set. I just I just don't think I care for him. And uh, even in modern comics, it's just like, oh, you're just, just sticking with that trope, aren't you there, buddy? <laughs> what I like, though, is that this is another case where we look at what's happening now with the comics. We're just getting through the Hellfire Gala. And you look on Robert DaCosta's jack that he's wearing and he's got the Hellfire patch so apparently they are tied in tight with Hellfire still mm-hmm. and that is kind of the rule part of the ruling class and you see that in the current comics the mutants are the on the ascendants they've got island that they control they've got a lot that they control and mm-hmm. Hellfire is very much a part of that so it's another kind of yep. nice tie-in to where we're at now once again Jonathan Hickman does a good job of looking back at a lot of stuff and Jonathan Hickman does a good job with most everything. I've liked almost everything of his that I've read. Yeah. Big fan of his work. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with this New Mutants one? I think you might have liked it more than I did. It was okay. It was... Both of these were very, like, throw words at you. So... This is a Chris Claremont joint. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just that there's a lot going on. They're dumping a whole bunch at you. In truth, a lot of what was going on in here, I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. There's much worse things that I've read. They were giving you a story and they were giving you, you know, value mm. for content kind of thing just for two. There's like, here, have this, 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 this. There's stuff going on. Look at all these things that are going on. I think this is a hard place to get started with New Mutants, but I think mm-hmm. you could. I think you could pick this up and like, you could be interested enough, go back, go forward and be okay with what you've got here. I think yeah. the next one we're going to talk about, this is a much harder sell for getting into. Yeah, that's, it's, uh, speaking of, yeah, with the uh, the X-Force uh, annual, the, it's, when I said this was wordy, uh, boy, <laughs> it was a primer <laughs> book for learning to read. There is just, there's a lot going on in the X-Force annual, and again, I was having a hard time caring about it. <laughs> well, let's get into this one, if we mm-hmm. possibly can, and this, of course, is the Annual number one for X-Force, and this is Shattershot Part 4. The cover of this one is, it's all kinds of the 90s X-Force, man. Let me tell you, the cover is done by Greg Capullo and Harry Candelario. We've got Shatterstar coming straight 
gotcha! And he's screaming, and he's got his swords up. Although one sword, it seems to have been eaten by the X-Force logo across the top. But anyways, um, yeah, he's coming screaming at you, and you got behind him, coming out of a portal, you got Cannibal, and he's, Arr! and you got Sunspot, who's going, ah! And you got <laughs> Elena, who's saying, and then you've got Cyberlock, which is the... Doug Ramsey warlock combination, but he's just he's coming out and he's looking very freaky. Yeah. So yeah, it's um this is all the action, all the nineties, all the time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's yeah. Swords and shoulder pads and pouches. More shoulder pads and actually uh, uh, no, we just we don't I only see two pouches on here. There's only two pouches. Oh no, no, yep. no, no. I take it back. There's I have a grand total of Oh no, six there's pouches. five. I, I got six pouches because it looks like Elena might have one on there too. So let's zoom in. I see maybe no not, pouches on her. She does just, have the uh, the big cuffs a, on her gloves. Yeah, cuff, yeah. So okay, I guess we have a total of five pouches. Still um, that is more pouches than one, and there are yeah. pouches, so... It, <laughs> and Shatterstar has the giant shoulder pad. In fact, I think in this, uh, there's a different comic that's in this annual, and Cable's talking to his group of people, and I was going to pick this picture of Cable as my, my joke picture, but it's not in the story we covered, and I was just going to call it Backpacks for Shoulder Pads, because yeah. it's just gigantic. It's like literally camping backpacks, <laughs> uh... Like, you know, 80 liter backpacks just ought for shoulder pads. It's like, mm-hmm, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yep. Oh, it's another Dan Slot joint, too. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that is something. Okay, so yeah, this cover promises you action. Mm-hmm. There is action to be had in this story. There, honestly, there's quite a bit of action. There's fights. There's a gladiatorial fight at the beginning. And then there's there's a Riz and Shecky and Mortimer, if that's the guy's name, getting attacked by the X-Force, you know, Sam Guthrie team because they're spineless ones. And then they go in and then there's another gladiator arena fight. And then there's, there's, a, there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of yeah, action going on. Action, 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 action. And there's some exposition and then there's action and then there's exposition. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 That's what this one's about. This one's about this. I have all of these. I've got okay. all of these annuals, and I know that I read them all. And until I sat down and reread this, and I went mm-hmm. on to, uh, I think we called that Uncanny uncannyxmen.net, I couldn't tell you what the story was about. Yeah, so the impression <laughs> that they left was, you own them, I own you them. have read them. I own them, and I have read them. I... How were they? Well, they are in my collection. They're in my collection. They are part of my collection of comics that I bought at the time off of the rack. I paid cash <laughs> money for it at the time. $2.25. Standout recollections include, I um, own this comic. I I want to say that I remember the cover, but then I remember that this cover looks like every, every other, other X-Force yeah. cover I had seen. Yep. I was never a very big Shatterstar fan, I was like, hey, he looks kind of cool, and he looks like a sorty knockoff of Longshot. I, I liked Longshot back in the day. I was a Longshot fan. I loved Longshot back in the day. He was, oh, he was my everything back in the day. I love, 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 loved him. We didn't have Longshot anymore, and we had Shatterstar, and I yeah. know I may be, it, it, people may hate it, but I never was a fan. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, honestly. It yeah. was very much of the, because he's got enough 
similarity in looks and appearances where you're like, well, wait a minute, maybe this is the son of Longshot? Oh, what's the story here? What's the... I don't <laughs> even know what his story is or background. I have honestly have no idea. You know, there was an era where it was like, hey, there's some kind of cool, very 80s kind of vibe people coming out. And then it was like, now let's take them and just ratchet them 90s up to such a degree where it, you know, it's like, well, we need to introduce a new character and they've got to have the pouches and the cybernetic things and they have metal banding armor on just one leg and da 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 And yeah, so he was very... Yeah, he never hit for me. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and try to break this down for everybody. Longshot is a clone of Shatterstar who then goes back in time and has a baby with Dazzler who ends up being Shatterstar. Oh, so he's... Okay. <laughs> Longshan oh, okay. uh, is, learned something. is a clone of Shatterstar. Yes. Who then goes back in time gotcha. and has a baby with Dazzler. And Follow that baby it. ends up being Shatterstar. Perfect who then sense. Shatterstar has a clone. Clone that's Longshot, of Longshot. And who, who goes, goes back, back in time. time has, has a baby, baby with Dazzler. And that baby is Shatterstar. Who, second verse, same as the first. Yes. <laughs> okay. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And the answer is uh, Shatterstar. The answer is Mojo. Or, or a Mojoverse. Yeah, Mojoverse. So. And yet not the most crazy thing you'll ever hear in an X-Men story. Or a lot of comic stuff. Man, yeah, it's just you want to make fun of you want to make fun of uh, soap operas for their crazy things. Comics just have that beat because they because they can be like, well, obviously it's a time displaced clone of a mutant who is also a da 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 da. It's like, yeah. So my kid is also my dad, <laughs> and we're stuck in this loop. Does this affect our genetics at all? No. Or no, it does. This is just okay. Well, and and of course you got this all set in the Mojoverse, which you know I can't even oh, begin. Just... I can't even begin with Mojoverse, except that it's it's what it is. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a bit a bit about you know, the reason why we're here is because on this team of mutants of X Force mutants, we have a mutant that's here, and this mm -hmm. mutant. I'm, I'm assuming it's a mutant. Hard to tell. There, it is a powered individual. I am going to go ahead and say that this is a mutant. This is a mutant. That one of the power kids had a kid, mm -hmm. and voila, they inherited all the powers, I think. Seems We've like. I want to guess that it, just because uh, Frankie has, Frankie Power has <laughs> reddish red hair, much like Julie. Mm -hmm. So I want to instinctively default to saying that this is Julie's child. Except that we got Frankie, which makes me think of Franklin Richards, which yeah. almost makes me think that it might be Katie and Franklin. It's so hard to tell. Sure. We we it, are we going know. off of guessing here. Yeah. There <laughs> is the Frankie Power Power Packs is a literal this comic existence only. She exists nowhere else in continuity. She and if we're wrong on that, please let us know. But yeah. from our knowledge, nowhere else. The the research that I did on it, you know, the front first page Google search, so very in-depth detailed search. She is a a one comic character who is like, oh, what's her backstory? <laughs> I'm sure she has one. What's her post story? I'm yeah. sure there is something there, but there is nothing else being held in this comic. Its contents are it's its own little tiny universe. It is Marvel Universe. You know, X-155, whatever it is, you but, know. But what we can tell is that 
She can fly, and she's got a variation on the rainbow theme, which I think I like. I like it a lot. You know, pink coming out of her feet, blue coming out of one elbow, yellow coming out of another elbow. It looks pretty cool. She has density powers, which she even talks about. She can mass shift down, so she Mm -hmm. gets small. We never see her as a cloud. And uh, she shoots powerballs. Yeah, so she's got it all. And she is snarky as anything, which I like. I like. I do like this character, and I like her place on the team she she makes the snide comments she's definitely the youngest and sam just sam just goes with it sam's got a large family he comes from this is just another little kid that he's got to kind of you know, keep in line a little bit she has kind of got a cool i mean there's not many people that get there's not many, none of the background characters get too much time it's we see a lot of sam we see a lot of Aziz, and then of course Shatter Star and a few others, but everybody else is kind of in the background because we've got yeah. her, we've got uh, Cyberlock, which kind of like uh, Douglock, you know, Cipher and Warlock yeah. kind of mixed together. Ileana, who I guess is Ileana Rasputin, I think that's just her. She's got a soul sword, they call her Dark Child, they mm-hmm. call her Ileana. So I guess so. I honestly thought it was a different character i figured it was the child of iliana or something but maybe it's her i think it's her uh, i'll be honest there was stuff here even with like siren i'm like is this a not siren siren yeah it's almost like this is it's almost like this is siren's daughter they call her terry which her name is Teresa. yeah but she looks she doesn't look old enough to be yeah i cut i agreed on that but and then kind of looking at it there was a couple of times where it seemed like they kind of aged up her hair they kind of like you know lightened mm-hmm. hair bits on her because she's a redhead and so it's like oh that's kind of a bleached out section of hair there i'm willing to say and then actually there is a thing too where uh, banshee screams i think shecky or something's mm-hmm. locomotion out from underneath them is a big battle wagon the spineless one is all like, oh, let me guess. Your name is your code name's Banshee, and Cyberlock's like, you know, negative. Banshee is deceased. This is the offspring of Banshee. Desi- yeah. You know, designate Siren. Power set is Anogulus. You know, so it's it's the same power set. It's, it's yeah. so yeah. So they actually do cover that. It is Siren, but it was one of those things where yeah, is it though? It's so. Well, and, and, and there's other questions I've got too because this is only supposed to be like ten years. Ten in the years in the future, but Which, they. It's a hard 10 years, apparently, but, but still, or I mean, 10 it, years it, from what future? Because yeah, is it, it's like yeah, 20, it, 10 years in the past 20 years from now? Or? Because also, too, if we do 10 years in the future, there's nobody in Power Pack that Frankie would be the daughter of. Exactly, because mm-hmm. we'll just say that Frankie is 10 years old. The oldest child we have right now is... We can't really tell Roberto's that much older. He looks older, but he doesn't look that old. I mean, he's using some product in his hair. Sam, we get the little bit of gray on the side. We get the gray sub or white sidewalls. So I think that Sam is much older than 10 years. But we, this is all speculation on our part. I, I just want to go off and say that I like the character of Frankie. I, that, I would like to see another book with her in it. What there is of her seems neat, but mm-hmm. again, there's not a lot there. Here's there's what we know. There's not a lot know. there. I would like to see more. That's all I'm saying. When she's doing business, she wants, you know, she's full business. Like, you know, Sam's all like, hey, Frankie, we need you to do this. And it's like, yeah, you bet, Uncle Sam, you know, you bet, uh, Mr. Guthrie, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's when we're working, call me Power Packs. Yeah. And then she's like, time to, you know, dense down and super flight and be a bullet. And then that Shatterstar is a hunk factory. I think then another line she says is like, oh, that happened like 10 years ago, didn't it, Uncle You know, Uncle Sam kind of thing. It was like, that's about her content. So <laughs> You got to get into the story, man. You got to be one with the pages. You got to let yourself fall into the ink and pulp and really just be, man. Okay. Will do. <laughs> 
I will Donald Sutherland off of Kelly's Heroes. <laughs> you bet. I'll just do that. <laughs> the rest of the story is a thing. This is just a wacky, wacky story. It's all about future. We are going to do these things and we're going to free the society, which doesn't mean anything because Mojo Verse is always going to be back to Mojo Verse. Yeah, it's always going to default back into the giant TV ratings obsessed world. And it's going to do crazy, wacky things. Hijinks will ensure, you know, ensue. Yeah, it's it's always gonna it's gonna default back to one. It's yeah. always gonna default back to one, and it's gonna be crazy Mojoverse, and Mojo's gonna be there. You know, the concept on this one is that the spined ones finally overthrew the spineless ones, and then just flipped the tables and started doing the televised ratings. Let's kill spineless ones in gladiatorial combat yeah. and stuff. It's just the you know, as I said before, second verse same as the first. It's just rotate around. Just it's like, what role is this? Now you're this one. Yeah. Okay, great. And then because Ariz and the New Mutants Heroes of Legend jumped in and said, hey, no, you guys are doing, you know, you're being bad. And then Shatterstar's like, yeah, let's kick the pants off of my own <laughs> Royal Guardsmen. We'll show them. Now everyone's free. Isn't everybody happy? Yay, we're all happy because everyone's free now. We're all brotherly love. And it's like, the end. The uh, end. All right, whatever. Let's get into talking about some of the other stuff in these books. Let's go ahead and not do all of our normal, you know, final thoughts and our power perspectives, but we can do some. We can do some. In the future, I've heard through the grapevine, that there is still going to be refrigerators, and and we we will still put pictures on those refrigerators in the future. Starting with New Mutants, what what pictures did you find jokey or funny funny in the New Mutants one? My New Mutant joke one is on page twenty three, and I call grab your partner round and round, <laughs> and this is the bottom panel on the page and this is where the arbitrators have grabbed all the uh, new mutants and has, have got them force fielded up and pinned to the ground and held and everything and it just i just thought it was funny <laughs> okay all right all right warlock is being telekinetically compressed so mm -hmm. he's he's captured and sam is he could probably blast out of it but he's got a big you know hulking monster he's gonna um, lose an arm if man. he does that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to lose an arm if he goes blasting off. But he's he's pinned, you know, fairly well. Doug is just kind of... Being held. Like, being the vaguest of holds. And Moonstar is <laughs> just being picked up and carried. Like, I pick up my kid when, and carry her when she's being argumentative. And like, I'm going to run through the street thing. And I'm like, no, you lost walking <laughs> privileges and you're going to get carried now. Go ahead and scream about it. So, <laughs> Okay. I think I can see your humor in it, but let me see mm -hmm. if you can see my humor all the way back on page three. And I call this one Techno Raspberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a fun one. Yeah. So this one here is, at the beginning, Doug is taking some stuff and he is running away from the Arbiters. And so he is escaping by using... Warlock as a surfboard slash skateboard, skateboard. whatever, and he's rocket powered skateboard. Yeah, he's ducking and weaving through all the through all the traffic and everything. Well, these guys start to shoot at him, and Warlock becomes a shield, a shield slash Daffy Duck, and you know he's got a bill, he's got a little hands up, and he is doing a a wooga wacka wooga and sticking out his tongue, and it's pretty hilarious. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> techno. Raspberry. Very nice. Oh, and it says right here they're arbitrators. So arbitrators is what they're called. Well, let's go ahead and get the arbitrators to say what our best picture in this comic book was. So what page do you have a good artwork for the New Mutants one? My 
top art in the New Mutants comic is on page 22, and I call it shocking. Shocking. And this is where just a a molecule-thick bit of warlock who's been hiding inside of uh, Doug has slipped out and is biting an electrical cable that'll destroy the force field that has uh, all the New Mutants and Katie Power trapped. I just love the jangling of the electricity and the way that, you know, uh, Warlock looks and the just purple pink background everything about it i'm just like oh that's really fun so i like that a lot yeah it is yeah yeah that is a pretty cool one once again warlock saving the day very much the dust ex machina in this yeah (laughs) it's the 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 default the doug ex machina (laughs) (laughs) yeah the default of like we need to do something i don't know i guess warlock could just do it because Whatever, you can shoot him and electrocute him. He doesn't care. So, <laughs> what about you, Rick? What's your top one? My top one is, I'm sorry for making you flip back and forth, back and forth, but this is the first page. I had to go with this first page. I liked a lot of the different stuff in here, but I love this first page. Uh, I'm yeah. a sucker for Cypher. I always liked the character Cypher. I was sad when he yep. died. Anyways, this first one, like we said, he is juke jiving away from the arbitrators, and he, this is him front center with just a wee look on his face and warlock as the skateboard has also got a wee look on his face and the future looks kind of awesome they got some awesome cars there i just liked it it's a great splash it is it's pretty cool i'm a fan you've made a good choice thank you very much i'm glad you said that let's since we're in this book now let's go ahead and talk about the rubber and glue moments what is the best or most childish insult in this new mutant book Mmm. I'll start with mine, which is on page four. It's the panel right underneath the Daffy Duck shield piece of art that Rick thought was funny. This is when Doug and Warlock are escaping from the arbitrators, and the one of the arbitrators is all, we'll, wait till I get my hands on that little hooligan. I'll teach him to go around wearing an arbitrator's uniform, but little hooligan. Little hooligan is little good. Hooligan. I like that. Little yeah. hooligan. I was um, a fan of that. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of that too. I, I mean, I'm not a little hooligan. You can't you can call me one, but I'm not. Yeah, we're much larger now. Thank you very much. And you know, <laughs> I was gonna be nice to you, but if you're gonna be, if you weren't so sure, so smug, so arrogant, so stupid. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. That's on page twenty-three, and that is Roberto DaCosta talking to his younger, time-displaced friends, saying, So sure, so smug, so arrogant, so stupid. Have you any idea what you've done? I gotta like it when you, you just, you, bam, bam. You know, he's just one, two, three, four punches right there. <laughs> yep. That's what I got for that story. Let us move all the way back, all the way forward, back, forward, back, forward, so much time displacement, I don't know what to do. Let's go ahead and talk about X-Force. What is your top joke in the X-Force book? My joke one in the X-Force annual is on page nine, and I call it, I wonder what they're compensating for. <laughs> and then, <laughs> This is the bottom panel on this page, and this is when Ariz and his two uh, Mojoverse spineless ones who are in their battle wagons coming out of some porthole, some pink and red portal to the current future of whoever this group is. X-Force, we'll just say. They're in their battle vehicles and they've just got guns and guns and spikes and guns and guns and guns and spikes and guns and rockets and missiles and guns and guns. If they're coming here on a peaceful mission... Because <laughs> that's what they're here for. They're here to talk. Yeah. They're here to yeah, talk. Yeah, they're here on a, they, a diplomacy through superior fire. They have power. more weapons than cable. And that's yeah, it's saying nuts. something. 
Yeah, yeah, it is a huge amount. I also see it along the lines. It's like they just left a war zone. They're coming here. This is the vehicles they have. But sure. it looks very threatening. It would be like, I'm delivering Girl Scout cookies in my Sherman tank. You know, <laughs> I like this. I like this idea. I think I need to do that next year when Carrie starts doing that. I think that's a good, good idea. <laughs> I would like you to take a look at the last page of this book, page 42 in the annual. I'm calling this one Moisturize. Because uh, <laughs> it's a picture gotcha. of Longshot. <laughs> it's in the center of the page. And he's taking down his hood and he's smiling. He's got the Longshot eye. And he is wrinkled. He, uh, yeah. Very wrinkled. He very dry looking. Boy needs to moisturize. <laughs> yeah, well, that boy is like a hundred and... 10 years old or something now. I'm just so. saying. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. He needs water. He needs to, yeah, he needs yeah, to hydrate. He needs to hydrate more. <laughs> yeah, his word, the words that he says, yeah, his big reveal words is just weird too, where he's like, you know, free men indeed. After so very long, free men in word and deed, in body and soul. Gotcha. Gotcha? What the? Okay. What? <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Fabian. Season. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what about your favorite piece of artwork in this one? My top piece of X Force Annual Number One artwork is on page six, and I call it "We Stand Victorious." <laughs> and this is after the uh, Mojo Verse combat between the you know gladiatorial combat between the Freeman and some spineless ones, and the Freeman have defeated the spineless ones and their vehicles and everything and they're all the leader of the freeman has a sword to a mojo's head and everybody else on his team all is standing with their swords upraised we stand victorious so it's it just it just looked really cool no i like it i like it a lot of blood a lot of um just destruction smoke in the background yep yeah no i like it lots, I like of, it. lots of stuff happened and lots of stuff happened there cool and they they're 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 tired and weary but well equipped and they have defeated their televised foes. Well, I, they may look cool, but they do not look as cool as the guy a few pages forward from that. I'm on page 13. I call this one, I Am Awesome. And this is <laughs> this is Cannonball after he has smashed through one of those ships. Oh, and yeah. he is flying right out the panel at you. And he has just got this serious look on his face. And he is looking... Yep. Pretty darn cool. Yeah, uh, they do. They do something sim something fun here. Is each of them has got a moment page, kind of a, sp a splash or semi splash page where they are posing. Each of yep. the members has their own posing kind of thing. I could have also gone with on page nineteen where they're all standing there together. You get a nice little profile shot of the entire team. That's pretty good. But I also I, just a nice call out the next page. We have that same kind of thing for power packs. I may include the power packs one because I think we should see her. At some point, I think she looks pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I like her vest. Oh, yeah. No, she's got a cool coat. All of X-Force's uh, costumes are pretty darn cool. I think they're all on point. You know, we're saying nice things about the costumes, but, you know, really, if we go forward to page 27, I'm going to go ahead and just say that, you know, some people in here are nothing more than pudding heads. <laughs> that would be an entire <laughs> row of people at a gladiatorial combat game. Yep. And that's a Frankie statement. Scope out the pudding heads. Speaking of power packs <laughs> and her, like, little snarky mouth, that's what she calls all these people are beings here, pudding heads. Yep. That yeah. is my rubber and glue moment. What is your rubber and glue moment, sir? My top rubber and glue is on page 21, and this is where they've stopped their their friendly fight with the heroes, you know, Ariz and his uh, friendly spineless ones, kind of informing Ariz and, and crew of like, oh yeah, here's what kind of happened to us in the intervening 10 years. Siren is talking. Things aren't exactly the way that we wanted, but it's because Cable, Cable pushed for it, and Cable, God rest and curse his soul, being what <laughs> 
cable was, got what he wanted. I just love how you can be like, I can respect the dead, but also not like the dead person and be like, God rest and curse his soul. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's a great, that, that, I like that. That is a good, that's a great insult. Well, you also have to say it with her Irish accent too. That's what really can sell it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, cause it's gonna just come out sounding like a, it's a me, a Mario. Uh-huh. I gotta, I gotta rest and the curse of his soul. <laughs> Now, normally at this point in time, we would rank these stories, but these are not really power pack stories, so we are not going to rank them on our ever-growing list. We're going to give that a little bit of a break until we get back to a real power pack story. What we can do is we can rank our beer. I just finished my first glass and was refilling, so while you were saying that. I've been like uh, just tapping my off as we go through here, but I still have some in the old can. Well, there's a lot. This is a big old can. (laughs) 25.4 fluid ounces. Woo! What do we think of Vanilla Stout by Mutantis Brewery and Bottle Shop? It's good. It's tasty. The flavor has remained very consistent. I think the flavor has gotten a little bit better. It's consistent in that that I'm enjoying Mm it. Uh, As it's warmed up, the vanilla has been gaining some uh, forefront. Yeah. So I've been noticing that a lot more. I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking it. It's a beer and that's nice and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, only it's a lot of beer it's a this, it's a lot of beer it's only 5.7 yeah abv but it's kind of like oh, i can kind of feel that in a little bit of my noodle i'm enjoying this one i i'm i have enjoyed this i thought this was a would be a fun one to, to try out i'm not disappointed in it i'm gonna land on about a four with it i i really do yeah. enjoy it i like it a lot i don't think that it's going to win any hearts and minds but i think that this is a solid solid beer and it's enjoyable and i would Definitely, definitely buy it again. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying drinking it. I would drink more of these. It's not going to usurp any high point winners of mine. It's not a new favorite, but I would totally drink this again. I also would give it a good strong four. Cheers to you, <laughs> Mutantis. I w- I'd, I'd like to pick up some of their other flavors, too, and try them out. I think it'll be interesting. And naturally gluten-free so you know healthy for us oh you know what else is naturally gluten-free Whoa. <laughs> why that would be the segment we call kids perspective and that's where rick talks to his daughter carrie about the books that we just covered so rick and carrie take it away hello carrie hello daddy okay we are back to talk some more power pack are you ready I am ready, but this is New Mutants. Right. It's not really Power Pack, and yet there's some Power Pack in there, right? Yes. A very old Grandma Katie. (laughs) Well, there's a New Mutants and there's an X-Force, and we're going to talk about both of them. So let's talk really quickly about the New Mutants one first. What did you think of the book? I mean, I didn't tell you anything going into it at all. You've got no real notion about the storyline in New Mutants. What did you think just getting this random book and reading it? Confused. <laughs> That's fair. Even though you were confused, did you enjoy it? Um, I think so, yeah. It's okay to say you didn't like it. I mean, mostly was it okay? I mean, even though you were confused, you, you didn't really ask me any questions while you read it? No, I n- normally don't. <laughs> but Would you be interested in reading other New Mutants books by reading that? I think so, but probably starting from, like, the very first one or something. I could let you borrow the first one. I've got a copy of the first graphic novel with New Mutants in it, and you could definitely read that. Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a little confused by it, but why did I have you read this book? You kind of mentioned it a little bit. Katie's in there. She has all of the power pack powers. Mm Mm-hmm, and she's older, right? Way older. 
What did you think about this older Katie? More mature. Kind of a tough old grandma? Yeah. <laughs> She's got her own team that she watches after, right? Yeah. Did you like her or not like her? I liked her. They kind of just put her in the story and mm -hmm. added her with the rest of them. It'd be neat to see more about her. Unfortunately, they don't have this characterization of her in the future. But would, if they did, would you be interested in reading more about her? Probably, yeah. I think there's some cool stories that they could have done with her. Yeah, maybe like they could even say some more of the past. Yeah. To fill in the giant gap. Yeah, there's a lot of questions you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about the X-Force annual. What did you think about this? I liked it. I mean, it introduced a lot of new, quite a few new characters to me. Mm -hmm. Were you confused by it? Yeah. Which one confused you more, the New Mutants or the X-Force? I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. They both confused you a lot, right? Yeah. They both took place in alternate futures, right? Yeah. Did you recognize any of the characters in the X-Force one? Well, there's that girl who looks a lot like Julie, but her name's Frankie. Uh-huh. And that's Power Packs, right? Mm-hmm. What is your assumption about her? Who do you think she is? Just from what you see in the book there. I was thinking maybe she's Julie's daughter. I mean, because she does look like Julie. She has the orange hair and everything. Can you make any assumptions because her name is Frankie? Frankie would be like Franklin. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of things we could say. I mean, it could be any of the kids' daughter or daughter. It could be Franklin Richards' daughter with maybe Katie. We don't know. She is. This is all we know about her. This is the only time she appears. Do you like her? I like her. Why do you like her? I don't know. She seems so confident in herself. She's not afraid to say. Okay, instead of calling me Frankie or girl, you're going to call me Power Packs. She's not afraid to just speak her mind, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you liked about this story? I don't know. Did you like the artwork? Yeah, the artwork was pretty nice. Which artwork did you like better, the X-Force or New Mutants? I feel like the New Mutants was like more real, but then X-Force kind of had like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. More action? Yeah, it did. Well, the New Mutants one was, that was like 1987, 1988, so in the 80s. The X-Force one was 1994 or 93, something like that, so it's in the 90s. Two very, very different and distinct styles of art were in those times. The X-Force one is very much the action-packed style of the 90s. Mm. Which one did you like better overall? I probably may have liked X-Force more because it kind of had more of the introducing okay. feeling around them. For the New Mutants, they just like put characters in there and they're like, you already know their names by now, so. Okay, that's interesting. Both of them are kind of in the middle of big arcs, but that X-Force annual, just because of the way that that one's set up, they're starting a new thing there, so they're kind of introducing more characters. That, that's really interesting the way you said that, though. But I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your thoughts. You're welcome. I love you very much. Love you, too. Oh, thank you, Carrie. It is always wonderful to get your perspective on things. Thank you so very much for joining us. Shout out time! We love to recognize those listeners that take the time to write us a review. And this is for episode 83, where we covered part one of the fantastic Power Pack holiday special, Small Changes. AJ. 
Al Sedano and Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. The Bat Pod. Chuck Gears. Clinton Robinson and his shows Fan Film Fridays and Coffee and Comics. Comics in the Golden Age. Craig McNichol. Ed 209. Fractal. Green Lantern HG. Jeremy Daw, who says, An elegant and sweet reset that adds a new wrinkle to the story. I just enjoyed this issue to bits and can't wait to hear your guys' takes on it. Luke Giaconetti. Matthew Renner. Max Reads Comics. New Warriors Talk. Professor Frenzy. It's a show. It's a show. Sean and the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, who says, This may be the most important issue in the history of Power Pack. Not lying. Sebastian. Tim Price, the podcrasher, and his show, The Outsiders. Waffles from Waffles and Mario talk about things. And he wanted to say, Thanks to your latest episode, I've moved my missile launcher from my kitchen to the living room. Thanks for the advice. We aim to please. Yes, and remember, don't aim your missiles at your floor. Aim it out a window. That's the smart move. The worst comic podcast ever with Colin Stapleton. And of course, we need to thank our Patreon supporters. Adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging Cheesy and Chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and Devastatingly Delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically Dangerous and Devious Doug Jones. Exciting, Energetic, and Entertaining Edward Verrochi. Justing, Joking, and Jovial Jeff Polier. Just Jealous and Jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, Mighty, and Meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and Magnificent Monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely Rhyming and Running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, Salty, and Steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Todd Enoch. Weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. And be sure to check out our other shows that we're on, our junior agent submissions on the MI6 Rogue Agent episodes of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, and <laughs> my wonderful show, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, on the Longbox Crusade Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick Presents is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recording in front of a live studio audience of one very heavy volume two Power Pack classic omnibus that is now on sale. Buy this book. Buy this book. Buy this book. In Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us with the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present. All one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time. Costumes, costumes off. Our theme is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Le Grand Chase. All music is by Kevin McLeod at Copitech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
it's illegal <laughs> to have this much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all the stuff that's just so stupid. It's fun. I <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, they floated high, 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 and I got so high, high in the sky with my rubber horsey friend on a gum dinger adventure. Gum dinger adventure. <laughs> I was working during the time and I Cindy had the day off and like she was working with him to get all done. I come upstairs, hole in the back of the house, and the garage door is all off. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm hoping that this is all gonna be solved. <laughs> yeah. Have we been weirdly robbed? <laughs> yeah, this is the yeah. weirdest robbery in is the this world. This is a feng shui thing. <laughs> Our property brother's gonna stop in and go. What? What? No. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> there's your problem. You got a couple of big holes in your house. Um. Why? None other than Roberto da Costa. Roberto. Da Costa. Roberto da Costa. Da Costa. Da Costa. Um. X Force. X Force. Leading the way. Leading the way. X Force. X Force. Coming your way.